Welcome to the Honest EP podcast. We are the podcast for health professionals and the wider community looking to explore diverse ideas in health, ask some hard questions, and have some honest conversations. My name is Archie. I'm an EP based on Sydney's Northern Beaches, and joining me as always is allied health business owner, Andrew. Andrew, how are you? I'm well, Archie. How are you? Very well. Should we crack a beer? Beautiful. What yes. do we crack? We have a moon dog today, the Old Mate Pale Ale. Um, which it's nice. He's nice. Mm-hmm. It is nice. It is uh, fruity and citrusy, and tropical is well. Tropical, citrusy, and hoppy is what it says. Craft Brewery Old Mate Pale Ale. Um, I bought it like I always do because it's in a bright coloured can, and when I go down to Bayfields and DY and look around. It's just whatever's most attractive to me. Well, there you go. That's how you sell beer at Bakefields, is make sure that the cans are appealing. I don't think I've ever bought a beer for, for, a, for a podcast. In general, I have. Mm. Um, I don't think I've ever bought a beer for the podcast that doesn't have an appealing can. There you go. Put it that way, breweries. Up your game. If you want to be on the podcast. <laughs> if, you want, if you want your name mentioned to... The thousands. To thousands of people. Thousands. Definitely packaging. Thousands. thousands of EPs around the world. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true at all. I'll tell you what though, on a Friday afternoon when it's sunny outside, mm. a beer does taste good. It does. And Moondog does taste good. Yeah. It's it's not really um it's not crazily flavoured or anything. It's just a nice mm. pale ale, I'd say. Nothing special about it, but it doesn't have to be special to taste good, right? What are we talking about today? Mm. We're talking about CBD. Uh, CBD, uh, continuing professional development. Mm. And we're going to have a chat about that uh, and some of the nuances about it. Um, from our experiences as exercise physiologists specifically, may be relevant for some of the other allied health professions as well. Um, although I'm not super... Uh, well versed in in how the registration and the accreditation works under APRA for the other professions but us in our little ESSA bubble presumably uh, it's fairly similar where you have to accumulate a certain amount of points every year or two yeah yeah Um, but yeah definitely coming from the perspective of EP world definitely definitely Um, topics we're going to cover is we're going to talk about CPD courses and you know how to how to look for a good CBD course. Uh, maybe some flags of that something isn't a great CBD course, uh, and also uh, some other ways to get points, and not just points, but the actual reason why you you're encouraged to do it is because it's ongoing learning and growth. So that's the important thing. So some other methods and some other resources that count for points, but are also really really good ways to get ongoing growth and learning. Um, things like one-on-one mentoring, uh, observation, shadowing, volunteer experience. I wanted to start, Andrew, this week you sent something to Lauren and I, which was your beautiful certificate from ESSA saying, congratulations and thank you for being a member for 10 years. 10 years. 10 years with ESSA. Oh dear. That's a long time, <laughs> grandfather of EP. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Uh, and you were around, long. and you were around in the time before Essa. There was a time before Essa. There was an ace 
before there was an ESSA. ACE. What's ACE? ACE. The Australian Association of Exercise and Sports Scientists. Mm. Mm. And did that just become ESSA or did that one... Okay. Mm. Same place, renamed, re... whatever. Yeah. Yeah, right. Once we started to work out <laughs> what we do, <laughs> what we do. <laughs> and what our place yeah. is, we, we rebranded. I say we. Yeah. Uh, we. Because you... Rebranded. Yeah, because you started it. And we came along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in your, in your 10 plus years of being an EP and doing CPD then, uh, do you want to give us a little snapshot of some of the varied things you did mm. for CPD? Sure. So I... I, I suppose through my clinician journey have gone down different niches at different times. Um, I started with golf. Like mm. I really enjoyed golf and I wanted to uh, sort of bring that into our clinical practice in a way that, you know, would be beneficial to everyone. Uh, went down the Titleist Performance Institute, sort of uh, golf uh, golf biomechanics yeah. sort of pathway mm. and uh, the world of corrective exercise mm. um, specifically around golf and that sort of led me to uh, there were similar people so the people involved with the Titleist Performance Institute were also quite heavily involved with functional movement uh, mm. and the functional movement screen and mm. the selective functional oh, movement Oh really? Are they the same people as FMS? It's very, very close. Mm. Yeah, so there's sort of consultants that do both of that work, like the Grey Cooks of yeah. the world. Yeah. Um, and so that sort of led me down that corrective exercise mm. sort of pathway, uh, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, there's something that was very new to me and uh, definitely I brought that into my clinical practice back then. I then moved over to London and spent some time over there and did my Pilates certification mm. over there. So through APPI, Australian Physiotherapy and Pilates Institute, mm. did my level three Pilates oh. courses over there. Level um, three? Level three. I don't That's know how many levels there are, but... I'm pretty sure there's three, isn't there? I think there's three. So oh, three. Modest, modest brag. Uh, so that, that sort of pulled me down the Pilates pathway for a while. Uh, when I came back to Sydney, uh, then it became more like, and when Rebound was sort of started, it was like, well, what courses could we do mm. to then bring programs in mm. to Rebound? So mm. the beta program, yeah, for example, the diabetes. type 2 diabetes mm. program. Uh, and, and things like that, that just to help shape like the, the programs yeah. that we ran. Uh, then I got interested in CrossFit. I yeah. started doing CrossFit. Um, and then went down a bit of a hole there <laughs> because I started doing CrossFit like as just a way to keep fit. Mm. And then people started to know that I mm. was an EP mm. and they were like, can you help me with my broken shit? <laughs> I was like, sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I, I quickly realized that they were coming to me with quite acute yeah, okay. issues. Mm. Uh, but things that I've, I, I had a bit of background, mm. like I, I've been an EP for a few years and I feel like I, I knew what I was looking at when people were coming in with, you know, I've been doing too many pull-ups and my elbow hurts. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I know what, what that might be. Mm. Uh, 
uh, or I've been doing handstand push-ups yeah. and my neck hurts. Yeah. Well, I, I think I know mm. why that's happening. Mm. So I then was like, well, how can I help these people? Because stretching was one thing, mobility was another one. Mm. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, how could I put my hands on people? Mm. Like, how could I help, quote unquote, fix people that were sure. coming in, in acute pain? Sure. So did a, a remedial massage mm. course, We'll come back to that. Yeah. Remedial massage course, uh, which under my insurance meant that I could like put my hands yeah, right. on people and then did, um, I then did ART. So active release oh. therapy, uh, which is more of a Cairo, yeah. uh, sports yeah. physio sort of thing where, yeah. uh, you know, it's identifying muscles that are, are short and tight. Yeah. Uh, and using sort of manual therapy to, again, quote unquote, release. Make them long and loose. Make them long and loose. Uh, which then translated back into what I would do with people that I wasn't diagnosing, but when people came in and said, like, I have a very sore mm. uh, medial part of my elbow and mm. I think it's happening when I do lots of pull-ups, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to diagnose that, but yeah. I can then... Uh, put my hands on people yeah. and sort of use massage and ART yeah. to help some of the acute symptoms and then do exercise as a way mm. to strengthen those things. Make that short and tight thing long and loose. And That's it. Therefore, feel better. So, uh, and then I stopped doing that and then uh, sort of drifted away. From, from clinical. From the more clinical yeah. side of things. That's yeah. my kind of journey I'm interested wow. to throw that question back to you now nowhere near as interesting as that though god what's been your journey with CPD so boring compared to that <laughs> fuck that's yeah okay alright um, well I mean I was I was very lucky I've talked about this before that as a student when I was still in my last year of uni I had some really good placement supervisors who put me onto some uh, what they thought and what I thought were really good sources of information. Uh, and they uh, were groups who were running CBD courses, uh, on, like in-person weekend courses. They have some, the knowledge exchange guys, back then they were called the biomechanics. Um, and they're a group of uh, EPs from, and researchers from Adelaide and Melbourne who own a clinic down there called the, the biomechanics and had put together a, a course that was originally for uh, intraclinic training. So training their new uh, staff and also their students in how they practice. And then they took it public and started uh, taking around Australia and that sort of thing. So I went to one of those courses when I was a student. And when you're a student, you're very plastic, you're very malleable and very impressionable. I went, wow, this stuff's amazing. This is awesome. Um, I love this and took that on board and then proceed in the next year to do two more of their courses. So in my, by the time I'd done uh, my first year of practicing as an EP, I'd done three of their weekend courses, which was enough CPD points to get me through three years of EP. Mm. Um, and it's a lot of money, mm. um, but mm. I felt like it was really worth it in mm. time. When I started at Rebound, um, uh, you also shouted me the iMoveU course which was a, like a private practice ready uh, course it was it's made for all allied health really um, but it's basically for succeeding in private practice communication focus um, uh, talking about 
rebooking and you know treatment plans and uh, getting your you know asking the right questions and getting your client on site and providing a good client experience rather than the more clinical side of it and that with the combination of the knowledge exchange I thought went really really well um, mm. uh, then over the last couple of years I've done a bunch of other random more musculoskeletal courses so I did an Adam Meekins course when he came to Australia on the shoulders um, I did um, and then I've done some online courses as well just some random chronic pain type things that I came across and they were self-paced and I was like yeah a couple hundred bucks do that and then being you know to a couple uh, kind of seminar things on chronic pain that were not EP based but were more just run by like the Northern Sydney local health district um, I've also gone to more mentoring side of thing. So I was doing once a fortnight mentoring with another EP from Sydney that was incredibly useful. So especially after the first year and a half or so of practice, I felt like I could benefit a lot from someone outside of my immediate surroundings, giving me advice and then talking through client cases and complex conditions and that sort of thing. Uh, and, and learning from someone else's experience. So I did more one-on-one stuff and that was, that was awesome. And then what's also contributed to points the last couple of years has been uh, being a student supervisor. That counts as that points. Counts. I've got a lot from that. And then any of our internal CPD that we've done as well. So any of our quarterlies where we've had people come in and uh, I guess speak for us, whether they've been uh, mental health EPs or uh, eating disorder psychologists, or mental health first aid, um, or uh, physios from Adelaide doing more of like an eye move you mm. type course. We've had a bunch of stuff. So Rebound itself has put on a bunch of things uh, for us that counts as points. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So I feel like I went through much less of a, a fluctuation than a wave. Um, I felt like I, I got caught up in one wave really early mm. and just kind of stuck on that. And I've been pretty happy. <laughs> along that way mm. um, but I, I've dabbled a lot in the stuff that isn't just your kind of weekend courses which I think takes us to our next area uh, which is talking about CPD courses and the ones that people assume are the only real way to get your points it's like well I have to go to a weekend course in person I have to pay uh, an ordinary amount of money you know seven eight hundred dollars maybe more uh, for a one or a two day course mm. And this expert is going to teach me everything they know. Mm. And great, I will take that and I'll get a certificate and then I get my points. And I am now an expert in this thing that this person teaches. Are you? Well, that's what I want to bring up. (laughs) We've had a couple experiences this year alone. um, And then also from talking to some other EP mates who uh, they call themselves course junkies. (laughs) who are the kind of people who just go to every course that comes up because they're just interested. They like arguing with people. Um, they, <laughs> they like learning from new perspectives. And for some reason, they seem to have a bunch of spare cash to go and spend on their weekends for courses. Um, that to, and this is the number one point here, that to run or present a CPD course, you don't need a particular qualification to do that anyone can run a CPD course there's quite a low barrier to entry yeah with CPD yeah 
I, in my undergrad, um, my supervisors who were personal trainers, who were very, very smart guys, ran a pre and postnatal exercise training CPD course for other personal trainers. Hmm. And we'd go around to Fitness First around Australia and teach personal trainers about pre and postnatal exercise training. Now it's just from their own experience. Mm. I'm, I'll definitely put my hand up here. Yeah. Uh, we got locked down uh, because of COVID with mm. my family. Um, and that was great because I had a bit of extra time <laughs> at home and sort of sat down one afternoon and I was like, fuck, oh, I'm going to write a course. <laughs> and 24 hours later, I had written it, videoed it, put it on the website and it was there wow. for people to, to buy Mm. And purchase mm. very very I'm going to say easy yeah. but it, it, you know I obviously had a, a bit of work and a bit of sort of knowledge in that space leading into it because yeah. for me that was around mm. you know the benefits of mental health for exercise yeah um, so I had some knowledge but in terms of actually turning that knowledge into a course very easy yeah just took some time um but other than that, it was just what was in your head. Yes. And you put it onto slides and a video. Now, should you be taking advice from someone? Well, I think that's part of the process, right? Is yeah. just realizing that, you yeah. know, depends what you want to get out of it. And, and they're no different necessarily to another professional that you can get advice from. And, and that's the thing, right? There's, there's nothing necessarily that separates the person presenting that CPD course, which looks all nice and fancy, to the person who's got their head down and seeing 40 clients a week, working six days a week, who's probably just as much, if not more of an expert in a particular area, but they don't have the time or the motivation necessarily to, to write a course and teach other people about it. Mm. So the people who are making the courses uh, may not necessarily be the number one leading person in that field. They may be a, an expert in that field, but they're the one with the time and the want to teach people. So that's just important to know that when you do see a course online advertised, that that does not necessarily mean they are the person, the expert in that area. They're the person who was bothered to record themselves. Make a course. Yeah. And by extension then, just because you do a course in a particular area doesn't make you an expert. That's correct. In that particular area. Mm. Because, you know, extending on that analogy that you just used there, it takes a lot of time mm. and effort and, and application mm. of the knowledge that you've learned mm. in order to, I mean, call yourself an expert. Yeah. Uh, but, but call yourself, you know, be competent totally. in, in your skills in that niche area. Which is why us as EPs, we don't use the word expert. Also, we're, I don't know if we're allowed to use the word. Well, experts yeah, are it's one kind of, those of terms. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a vague term. We prefer to use the word has a special interest in. Because anyone can have a special interest in something. And all that means is that uh, we're indicating that this person is putting more time into learning about this topic. Mm. It's like this EP also, with a special interest in women's health. It also helps from a, from a triaging perspective from our admin team, right? Mm. So if somebody calls up and they say, I have chronic back pain, I've just mm. been referred to rebound, yeah. um, who should I see? Mm. And so our, our front of house can then go, well, you know, Archie has got a special interest in mm. chronic pain mm. or 
Sam has got a special interest in oncology, like being mm-hmm. able to, to direct these general inquiries to someone mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. has sort of put their hand up that this is an area that I perhaps know better than others yeah. in, the, in the scheme of EP. Yeah, yeah. Or at least in the scheme of rebound, like of the practice that we work at, mm. this person has the most interest in this thing, right? You could probably go to the EP clinic down the road um, and look on their website and the same things will come up. It's like, yes, mm. any clinic that has a certain amount of practitioners is going to have on their website that there is a specialist or someone with a special interest in all of the main conditions mm. that that clinic will see. Mm. That's just marketing. So yes, I, I, I guess the takeaway there is that... Um, you don't necessarily consider yourself an expert after you've done a weekend course. You should not consider yourself. You should not. Okay, I was nicer about yeah. that. But and yeah, Andrew I, says I you should be, not. No, I, I think just because you go into a course doesn't mean you have all the skills to be able to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, so what it enables you to do is to start practicing and implementing new knowledge and new things that you have learned and build a wealth of experience in that area mm. and it should also open the door for you to do further learning in that area as well if it's something that interests you mm. then as you do that over a certain amount of years you can start to build uh, more of an expertise in that area perhaps mm. might be a better way of doing it rather than do it I've done it I I've am, done the course done. it is now me I know all I, the things the expert <laughs> I'm going to write my own CBD course on it <laughs> So some examples of uh, some, some iffy courses that I've seen over the years, mm. and, and I'm sure you could throw a couple out there as well, uh, but I've got a couple on top of my head that I've seen. And these are ones that were advertised on ESSA. Okay, so this is our governing body has mentioned these ones, and it makes you go, oh, well, it's being advertised by ESSA, therefore it must be a very, very good course. So I don't necessarily think that that is what it means. No, it just means you've, you've hit the criteria for ESSA to be able to facilitate it. Yeah. That's all. And I don't know if that means that people have also paid ESSA to market their course or not. I don't know if that's how it works. I'm not alleging anything there. There, there are a couple of different options mm. as to how... Because we've been through this process with the Rebound Academy to mm. get courses accredited through ESSA. Mm. Uh, and there, there are a couple of different models. Basically, you know, uh, you develop a course and you still retain all of the, the intellectual property for that mm. course, but it's advertised through ESSA. So yeah. you pay ESSA for mm. a fee to get it accredited. Yeah. Uh, alternately, you create a course and you basically get paid by ESSA oh. to develop that course. Interesting. But then it becomes theirs. Oh, okay. And so we've, we've kind of done both yeah. of those yeah. things. Um, and so long as you're just hitting the criteria, yeah, uh, it's set out in the right way, that there's a, a quiz at the end and there's a certificate, tick, 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 yeah. can be accredited Probably. through ESSA. There you go. So This is not a dig at ESSA. No, not this at is all. Just, this is just the... So all the really good courses I've done as well, oh, sorry, the, the, the knowledge change, the really good courses I do, which I'd recommend everyone does... Uh, they're advertised on Esther as well. So when you see that come up, mm. definitely do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the ones I think are a little, oh, that's an interesting one to, 
there was a, once a, a broomstick mobility course, two-day in-person course, $500 for a broomstick mobility. Sorry, it was called uh, stick mobility um, or dowel mobility, but it's how many different ways can you stretch with a broom with a stick? $500. And this just shows you the power of like receiving the SS-sponsored content emails that I had mates in my uni like message chat go oh you know it's October or November I need my points before the end of the year does anyone want to come to this broomstick mobility course with me no uh, and I I was very direct in the chat I was like don't pay for that <laughs> and I was like I haven't done the course so I was like I'm sure get a broomstick for free we could catch up and just brainstorm all of the ways we could use a broomstick ourselves, minus the five hundred dollars. <laughs> also, imagine me coming to you, going, "Hey, can can we 50-50 um, a broomstick a broomstick cost? Costs. Will you invest two hundred fifty dollars into me going and learning no. how to use a broomstick more effectively?" No. <laughs> you can take that broomstick and you can attach yeah. an end to it, and you yeah. can sleep, you can the, sleep front, the and that will be more valuable. Then, oh, oh dear. Um, the other one I don't think is as much of a uh, like a dig on the course itself, but more on the background research that we did before one of our staff went and did it. Was it was a course on like a complex cancer kind of thing, and I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, um, that sounds really good. But let's do a bit of research into the person who runs it and um, what else they do and who they are, and went onto it onto their website. And then did a bit of digging into the person and we worked out that it was attached to a larger website of this one person who had made an online self-paced course for everything. So like they had all of the conditions. So they had a couple different cancer ones, a couple cardiometabolic ones, a couple musculoskeletal ones, and it's like, oh okay, alright. So this is someone who has gone, courses seems like a good way that I can, you know, spread some knowledge, but also make a bit of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just make a bunch of them and then advertise them all separately. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, right. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily a person who is a specialist in complex cancers. It's a person who has done a bit of research and put together a course on complex cancers. Mm-hmm. It's like the people who you'd want to learn from about complex cancers probably aren't out there making a bunch of courses, to be honest. Not. They're probably really fucking busy <laughs> seeing people with cancer. That's the thing. Yes, they are. Have you come across any uh, oh, interesting I think, courses? I think I spent two days many, many years ago learning how to use a Swiss ball. <laughs> you'd think you'd fucking learn that at university, <laughs> wouldn't you? But I think, I'm pretty sure I spent two days learning how to use a Swiss ball. Or even like a Swiss ball and a BOSU ball. Like, what are the... How do you squat properly on a BOSU ball? Like, man, come on. Man, you know, we we still have clients um, who swear by warming up with the Swiss ball because that's what you taught them to do five, six years ago. I'm sorry. No, you've done an amazing job. And that's, that's, that's how invested and uh, knowledgeable you were about Swiss balls. <laughs> 
that it's great to see that, that knowledge. That knowledge has lasted extend. That impact has lasted for like five plus years for people. Wow. It's like I can't exercise until I've warmed up my hamstrings awesome. and my core with dead bugs and uh, hamstring curls. I'm very sorry. No, it's fine. I find it funny. <laughs> that <laughs> is not the intention. I just tell people, it's like, you don't have to do it anymore. It's like, no, but I, I, I do. And it's like, okay, that's fine. Well, you do you. Off you go. I'm fine. Like, it only takes two minutes, so I'm not worried about wasting anyone's time. Yeah, it's all right. I did a, I've mentioned this before, a, re, a remedial massage course. Mm. It's two days, right? Uh, it was horseshit. <laughs> this what? thing, so... It, I, I don't remember where it was, but it was there was maybe 50 people in the course. And it was a remedial massage course. So you, you got a, a qualification yeah. from this. No theory. Just like... <laughs> like Get in there. By the fifth minute. Mm. There, there were people in this course that couldn't understand English. Oh, right? wow. English yeah. was their, their yeah, second yeah. language. Yeah. And literally the whole course was just rubbing people. <laughs> The, the, it was two days of rubbing people, right? <laughs> and it was literally like, just rub them this way, right? And you have to have your fingers like this and your arms like this and you just, you start at the calf and you make your way up and then you go back down again. <laughs> and so long as you could replicate this, this massage way of like touching people, you pass the course. Wow. And you were qualified... I was qualified enough from that course mm. for it to be covered through my insurance so that I could then go and do massage therapy and ART with people. Covered through your EP insurance. In my EP insurance. Yep. Garbage. Absolute garbage. Learned nothing. nothing. Wow. Learned nothing. But learned how to, like... Um, rub people's mm. muscles in a certain way. Mm. Dreadful. Wow. And that, so that, that's how easy it is to get a qualification. There you go. Yep. Did you use it? I used I used it so that I could do ART mm. okay. with people. So I'd never massage. No, that's not true. I massaged one person once. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't very far until I stopped doing Hang on a minute. Why am I doing this again? That's gonna be this doesn't make sense. I want to exercise with people, not rub them. Okay, let's let's fuck this up. Let's go back into the gym. Oh yeah. no! We realise this is just a waste of my session. Yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. Hmm. Did it, did it, people even question? So when you were doing ART with people, um, did people question why they were coming to an exercise physiologist to then? No, that's just part of the treatment. I, I, I think this is, I mean, this might be part of a broader discussion, but mm. I went to a, a CrossFit gym. Yeah, right. So, right. Hands-on is and then, from your EP is, yeah. And then, you know, I would, I would be there and I would, I would be training mm. and I would be speaking to the trainers, I'd be speaking to the owners mm. of, the, of the gym and I'd sort of say, like, yeah, like I'm in. Like, what do you do? I'm an EP. I've done mm. ART. And then, oh, can you can you help yeah, with yeah. me with this? I'm like, yeah, yeah sure. Like, yeah. just just do that, and yeah. I'll I'll make you hurt for a bit. Yeah. Uh, and then it it wasn't like Andrew the EP or Andrew mm. the person that did ART. Mm. It's like just go and see Andrew. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it was it wasn't like That's all it had to be, yeah. Yeah. You were just the guy. And so and so, you know, there would be times where I'd take the the physio mm. bed and I'd set up there when they're doing in house competitions and be yes. like yeah, I, I've got a sore shoulder. Can you yeah. rub that for a bit? Like, okay, sure, yeah, off we sure. go. Yeah. Um, and your insurance covered it, so... That is. Yeah. So I was like, and that's what I did. Mm. And so when people, like, to, to your question, when people were quote-unquote referred to me, mm. like, not referred as an EP, yeah. just like, he can help fix your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay, cool. And you did? Yeah. Uh, well... Yeah, I rub people. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. They, they felt better after. <laughs> they, they felt better until the next time they did it. And then... Maybe it was what you said that made them feel better. Maybe. Maybe. You have a good small talk when you were... Maybe it was the scent. Oh. The scent of the room. Your musk. <laughs> oh, all right. Anyway, <laughs> maybe. Okay, so we talked about... Uh, how about some, some good ways to identify uh, good? Or to, to separate what um, ways to find good CBD causes... And ways to identify if one is not necessarily a good one. And I just told a story before of like, when we found the course, we went onto the website and we had a look around. We didn't just go, yeah, the blurb, the, the two paragraph blurb looks awesome. Mm. Bye. We went onto the website. We read some of the blogs. We looked into the person. We found what they did. Mm. We went to their LinkedIn. We looked at their social media. And we tried to get a good idea of who was making the course and what the course was about outside of the, the two-paragraph blurb. Because anyone can write a, t- a really, really good two-paragraph blurb. Mm. Someone who is worth learning for, uh, learning from will have further good information outside of that. Mm. They will. Um, and you should be able to find it. You should be able to find it. And to a point that you made previously as well, that person might not be an EP. Mm. I think we, we get our blinkers on very quickly and, and use the the page on ESSA or the mm. monthly, like, these are the CPD opportunities yeah. email as the only mm. opportunities that we see. Mm. Uh, and through going through the process of realising that there are experts in fields mm. outside of EP that still cross over yeah. into EP, whether that's through... The APA or through yeah. other organisations. Mm. I don't know what they are, but I'm sure yeah. they're out there. Yeah. Um, that you you will find very good courses mm. outside of EP. Mm. Just because they're not an EP doesn't discredit yeah. their ability to be a good teacher. No. Or a good mentor. Like they're likely from a bigger pond, which in most cases is a good thing. Yeah, we're in such a small, small group of professionals um, that we're very limited. Mm. Yeah, just because of the number of us. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. only a limited amount of experience in our area. So to go outside of the area is a very good thing. Guess what? You're not going to find an EP from not Australia. No. So there's people with good information not from Australia. Yes, there are. So definitely look for that. Um, so yeah, look into the person a little bit more. If their website has nothing on it other than the course itself and the little blurb it gives, that would be a bit of a red flag for me. Mm. Like, why is there no other information here? Why? 
That would not be a good sign. Question mark. Big question mark. And if you're going to invest your money mm. and your time, you want to do some due diligence here. Yeah. Has anybody else that I know been on this course? Mm. Can they vouch for the the quantity, the quality, the quality, yeah. and the presenter? Yeah. Because if it's crickets, like, don't waste your. Don't do it. Don't waste your money. Don't do it. Don't be the test dummy for it. Yeah. Find another one. Mm. Find another course. If no one's done it, like if no one in your immediate circle's done it, go to a larger circle. Mm. And if none of them have done it, maybe no one's done it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. You might be the person, and that person's sitting behind their computer, and they go, oh my god, someone bought the course. <laughs> right? How good's that? Don't be that person. Don't be that's that person. That's not good. So, that was a good point. Ask your uh, friends or other colleagues who you trust their opinion uh, if they can vouch for a course mm. or just get them to also look into it and have a critical view of it mm. and see what they think mm. before you go and do it yeah don't try before you buy good, very, advice. Very good idea good advice there good you advice. Go. any other uh, advice for the CPD courses weeding out good ones from bad ones sort of area I, I, you brought it up before around people getting to October or November mm. and going, oh shit, like I need to get my points yeah. for the year. Mm. And the the default that we go to there is great. Like which weekend course yeah. can I do yeah. that will tip me over mm. the, the amount of points? Mm. I'm available on this weekend. What's on that weekend? Ugh. There are plenty of other ways of getting points. Yeah. As opposed to just spending a yeah. weekend stuck mm. in a shitty RSL yeah. like basement <laughs> learning about shit that you'll never use. <laughs> like, don't feel like that's the only way yeah. to get CPD points. It's not. And we will tell you more. Um, the, the, before I do that, the last point I'd say is if you're unsure... Uh, find a method of contacting that person who ran the course uh, and message them. Are they on social media? DM them. Are they on LinkedIn? Message them. Do they have an email address? Message them. Mm. If they are a person who is running a, a good course, uh, they will probably respond. Quickly, you'd hope. Quickly, yeah. Um, and have some good questions to ask them. Mm. Good point. Yeah, ask them what their research based in, you know, based on these sorts of things. Um, find out if you, if they think it's suitable for you and you work in blah, 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 this kind of area. If they go, I don't give a fuck, just do the course. It's like, whoa, hold up, mate. <laughs> yeah, so you just want my money. <laughs> yeah, ask, ask, ask the question. It's not hard. So, scenario here. It's getting towards the end of the year. Oh, shit. I still need 10 more points or I still need five more points or I still need 20 more points. Let's hope we're not there. <laughs> um, what can I do without wasting a weekend uh, to, to get some more points? There are many things. There are many things that you can do. There are many things you can do. You mentioned before about your mentoring experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can so, get points from that. Uh, yep. Yeah, you can get points either being a mentee or a mentor. Mm -hmm. um, there is an ESSA uh, mentee agreement 
that you can fill out. It's a two-page document. It's very straightforward. It basically just asks uh, your name and details and SN number, and then it's like, oh, what kind of topics are you covering in this? This stuff. What kind of experience does this person have? This. Sign at the bottom here. Great. Cool. That's worth points. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head exactly what, how many points per hour it is, but most of these things are like half a point per hour or one point per hour. Mm-hmm. Okay? They add up. Okay? So mentoring. Either being a mentee or a mentor. Number one. Number two. Looking outside of ESSA. Yeah. Because they're, although you're not going to get as many points because they're not accredited through ESSA, mm. you will still get like half a point half a per point learning hour, hour or something yep. like half that. Half a point right? per learning hour. Away you go. Go and learn something useful. Yeah, absolutely. These can be self-paced courses or these can be actual courses. You know, some other examples of courses that count uh, your CIRA uh, accreditation, so work cover CTP, that course counts. First points. aid, CBR, first aid, mental health, first aid. mental health first aid, NDIS modules. These are all courses that if you're a first year EP, uh, or maybe not first year, you haven't done them yet, uh, are things you have, to, you have to do first aid or CPR every year. Mm. Um, you get points for these. Yeah, you do. Yeah, easy points, easy points. Are you a student supervisor? Mm. You get points for that. Read some journal articles. Read a journal article. Tell me about that. (laughs) You can get one point for reading a journal article. (laughs) Which I I find challenging. (laughs) Because... I'm sure there's some wonderful journal articles out there, so I'm not discounting journal articles. I love journal articles. But I also feel that there might be a uh, more benefit to attending a good live course or a good interactive course than from reading a journal article about some shit that is barely related Mm. to EP. You are better off and I've got a lot of benefit from this, is um, our physio. I don't know if he does anymore, but he's subscribed to the Physio Network, which is a monthly collation of journal articles which have been summarised and then given expert opinion on and then clinical implications given on by different professionals in the field on a whole bunch of different topics. Very useful. Very useful. There's like 20 different articles per month and they have someone talk you through all the important parts of the article, whether it was a good study, mm. and then are there any clinical implications from it. Mm. And you learn a shit ton from it. Mm. Every time you read one of those, that's the point. Now, the, to get the point, you do have to go on to ESSA, and I'm sure it'd be the same for other professionals as well, but there's a self-directed learning tool, which is... A two-page document. Um, have you come across this? No. Oh, well. Yeah. You got on to this year, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, so a self-directed learning tool is a, basically a Word doc that you... Oh, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. You have done all of them. Oh, yes, yes. You've got a full Google Drive of all the ones you've all done. All those things. For every yes. course you've ever done that was not accredited by ESSA. That's correct. So this is just for any journal articles or any courses that you do that are not accredited for by ESSA 
and you want to get your 0.5 points per learning hour um, for it, it's a two-page Google Doc and it's basically uh, fill in your learnings mm. and what are the learning outcomes and what are your clinical implications from it. Sign here. Who, who is the course by? So yeah. if ESSA really want to, they could look into it, uh, which they don't care. <laughs> There's a lot of us out there. Uh, ESSA's great. We love ESSA. Um, <laughs> please don't order this. <laughs> please don't. Hey, look at, look at my one. I've got all my points. Oh, They're all there. Yeah. Uh, another one on that. You can listen to podcasts. You can listen to podcasts. Yeah. Hooray. Don't. You're learning already. If you listen to an hour of this, there's, a, there's half a point. There's half a point. I think. Isn't that awful? I think. But then there you do get, if you're a member of ESSA, which you should be because that's how you're allowed yeah. to practice legally, yeah. um, you get free podcasts. Yeah, you do. Every couple of months, I think. Uh, and you get like three points for those. Mm. Bam. Three points. Load up on podcasts. Do like three of those a year. Nine points. Oh, there you go. Very, very easy breakdown. Very, very easy well, breakdown. that's it, right? And, and just to draw on that string a bit more, right? So three points a podcast, mm. your first aid, your CPR, mm. you're halfway there. Yeah. So if you're going to spend time investing in CPD mm. for those other nine or ten points, mm. do something good. Yeah, don't waste it. Don't waste them. Yeah. Don't leave it till this time of year, October, November, to decide I should do a course before the end of the year. No. Look this time of year for next year mm. to see 100%. what's coming in the next 12 to 18 months. 100%. You know, that's, that's what I did. And um, I'm still waiting for it to come back. But the, the NOE group, um, so it's like a pain researchers group, um, two years ago, I looked and I was like, great. They were coming to Sydney uh, and it was going to be like start of this year. So it would have been like April or something this year, I think it was going to be. Uh, ended up not happening because of COVID. I was like, great, cool. Well, I'm not going to waste that um, and, you know, uh, cop out and do something shit instead. Mm. And it's like, I'm going to look ahead and say, oh, they're coming next year. Cool. I'm going to book that in and I'm going to make sure I go to it. I'm going to put my deposit down because I really want to go to that course and I don't care when the points come. Mm. It's not about the points. And it's like, that is a course that I really want to go to. So I will go to it when it comes to Sydney so I can do it in person. That's such a better attitude to have towards professional development. Mm. Choosing the courses that are aligning with what you, mm. you know, where you want to specialize mm. or, or areas that you want to grow in, not necessarily specialize mm. and be able to look ahead yeah. for these things mm. and not just get to October and go, oh shit, I need 10 points. Yeah. What, what horseshit can I sign up to? Yeah. That'll tip me over the line. Mm. On the other side of things, if there's a course before the end of the year, um, that really aligns with your values and you know it's good quality and they're not going to be back for a year and a half but you've already got your points well hold up what you know are you doing this for the points or are you doing this for the learning okay because if you're doing it for the points that's the wrong reason you should be investing the money into uh, learning that is actually beneficial for you so I would mm. do the course do the course mm. 
like it's one of the best things that you can invest in hmm. yourself is a good course yeah right. and don't go but I've got my 20 points so I don't need to learn for the rest of the year it's like great so you're going to just stop being a growth mindset of human until January until the 1st of January yeah. when it goes and, back to zero and, and then to start and again. then Essa uh, dictates that I should start learning again hmm. what? Mm, you that's there not for the way. Uh, my question to you would be are you there for the right motives especially when points like we've shown are so easy to get mm. that you should not be basing what courses you do and what learning you do based off how many points it gives you and when it gives you the points mm. not relevant <laughs> get your points obviously but you can get them in a multitude of ways, okay? Mm. Um, some, other, <laughs> some other quick things to, to hit on before we finish. Um, other really good ways to learn. Observation and shadowing, if you're a student or if you're a new EP. Say you're working part-time or you're working full-time, but you've still got time and you want to learn from different people, Hit up some people with an email or a DM on Instagram or on LinkedIn and ask them, hey, can I come and shadow you? For, spend a couple yeah. of hours. Yeah, spend a couple you. of hours. It's so easy to do. Mm. So easy to do. We have students come and do it with us all the time. They learn a lot. Yeah. They're not a placement with us at the moment, but they come in, they learn for a couple of hours. Great, that's awesome experience. They can take their next placement and for working forever. And I think on the other side of that, it's a great opportunity for people that have, you know, been in the industry for mm. 18 to 24 months mm. to like have somebody there that's questioning yeah. them. Yeah, definitely. Right? To be able to go, why are you doing that? And, mm. and what would you do if this happened? Mm. Mm. I think as a, as a potential mentor or as a senior to, to be able to like, you know, you will have your ways of doing things. But then to be able to formulate that in a way that you can explain it mm. to somebody else can help you, first off, realize how much you actually know. But then secondly, like, be able to articulate this, this yeah. thought process mm. so that you are teaching somebody else. You're not expected to know all the answers here, mm. but you will know more than somebody who has mm. just graduated or about to graduate. Totally. Yeah. You've got a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge that could be beneficial for other people. And if you don't practice giving that, how will you know? That's where I got a taste for it, mm. with students. And having students come here and ask questions and watch my sessions and get involved in sessions and then question everything I did. I was like, oh, very good question. <laughs> Why do I do it that way? And then have, have, having to articulate why I did something a certain way or why I was communicating a certain way or how I decided to do certain things and then teaching them that. It's a lot of good practice, a lot of good experience. Mm -hmm. And I really, really enjoy doing it. But I wouldn't have known if I never was a student supervisor. Student supervisor? No, I said that. We said that. Ah. <laughs> All right, we're losing track. We're losing track. <laughs> All right, we should probably stop there then. Do you have anything else you want to add to it? You're looking at your screen to check your notes. 
I don't think I do. Okay. Other than other than saying that you know, like we've discussed, that there are CPD opportunities outside of like EP mm. that you could do APA courses or or things like that. Um, you know, there's also business courses. Business courses, right? Communication courses. Communication courses. Um, uh, there, there's women's health course. Like there, there are a lot of courses that yeah. still count towards CPD. Mm. Um, so, and, and I know actually you drove this home before, but don't feel like just because you've ticked off your 20 points mm. doesn't mean that you stop mm. learning. Ever. You haven't stopped doing courses. You're just courses are just different now. Mm. You just learn about different things instead of clinical things. Yeah. Yeah. But you still get points. <laughs> but you don't do it for the points. Once again, you don't do it for the points. And we love Essa. <laughs> um, Most of the time. How's your beer? It's good. Mm. It's good. Moondog. Would recommend. It's super easy to drink. It's not... It's not... Uh, it doesn't assault your flavour. Flavour buds at all. Could just kind of keep drinking this one all day. Mm. I think. I think that was good. Very happy, good. Happy there? I think that's good. I think we've, I think we've ticked it off. I think we've ticked it off. If we haven't, uh, let us know somehow. I don't know how you do that, but... <laughs> let us send send it yes, <laughs> we don't have an Instagram. Uh, send... Well, we re- re- repost it, so, you know. Either find, find, us on, find us on LinkedIn. Well, yeah, on LinkedIn, we're just our normal names. Um, and on Instagram, we're, we're just our normal names, but with a .ep at the end. Both of us. There we go. There you go. Matchy, matchy. There you go. All right, see you later. Goodbye.